Welcome to the Global Watch Prayer Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we build community in prayer to empower the church from local expressions to global connections. For more information and resources on the Global Watch, visit theglobalwatch.com. Okay, like I said, we want to welcome you. This is the Global Watch International Call. It is July 4th, 2022, 6 a.m. Jerusalem time. And this is the journey, which is our time of the week for discipleship. And for this hour, we're in a series on spiritual leadership. It's based on the book, Spiritual Leadership, by J. Oswald Sanders, which was originally published in 1967. The book is over 50 years old, but the principles in this book are timeless. And that's why we're going through it. This week, we are discussing chapters 13, 14, and 15. Why are we doing a book on spiritual leadership? Because... It's everyone on this call has a measure of leadership. God's called you. If he's called you to the watch, he's called you to be a leader. And that means different things to different people, but it's part of our identity. We have to understand a little bit more about who we are and who we're called to be. And among other things, leaders have to recognize who they are and they have to be humble, but bold at the same time. And, and, People's lives, our spiritual lives are dependent on our understanding of ourselves as leaders, because it's not just about us, it's about the people that we lead. And, and since leadership is in part influence, it's in part has to do with the influence that we have. And we know, have to understand that we carry something that's very important to the Lord as watchmen. And so that's why we're studying this. So Susan, will you have some preliminary comments? I felt like every chapter has had a sense of a word for me. I hope that the same is to you. I think it would be nice to hear from people some of the comments that really ministered to him. I've already intimated the one that, let's see, where is it? Let me get it. Oh, it's on page 144. Fatigue is the price of leadership. Mediocrity is the result of never getting tired. <laughs> I hope that ministers to a lot of you <laughs> because I think we get hit with weariness a lot when you're carrying spiritual discernment and wanting to see God's kingdom expand. It can get very wearying. So just understand that that's part of the cost of leadership. You want to, you just, want to, have, just, you want to have just a few yeah. people? Yeah, raise your hands. Before we go, on, before we go into breakout sessions, a few people mm -hmm. just give some, just a quick thing on something, one of the points on one of the three chapters that really stood out to you, and that needs to be fairly brief so we can get a number of people uh, commenting. So let's do that. Just do the let me just again. Let me just feed the spirit here a little bit. There, the one other comment that he said about rejection, because I think I've seen this be a huge issue in the body of Christ. And in page 146, no man is ever fully accepted until he has, first of all, been utterly rejected. And I believe God allows us to be rejected so that we press into him and accept his adoption. Anyway, I know that can be a struggle and it pushes people in the wrong direction oftentimes until we come into that adoption. It's always a, it's a battle. Yeah, amen. So if anybody has one of the, it's not a breakout session question, but we could go probably the whole hour talking about this or answering this question because one of the chapter 13 was the leader in reading. And then one of the questions in the book actually was, 
what books have had the greatest impact on your life and why? This is in addition to the Bible. Love to hear something about that from people, but it's up to, but absolutely it's open season here. Chapter 13, 14, and 15 in any one of those three chapters, what was a, a key point for you? So we'll start with Katya, if you want to unmute yourself. Good morning. Um, for me, it was also the chapter actually about the, what is it called? The cost of leadership. Huh? It spoke so much to me. It really yes. did, especially through the COVID years. I think that there was a kind of a refining for each one of us. And then I, the same as Sue, what you were saying, it spoke to me, but also especially the criticism and the loneliness, that loneliness. And it's just, is in, incredible to, to read that and think, ah, and then in combination with the pressure and the perplexity where it says that um, we naively think that the more we grow as Christians, the easier it will be to discern the will of God. But the opposite is often the case. God treats the mature leader as a mature adult, leaving more and more to his or her spiritual discernment and giving fewer bits of tangible guidance than in earlier years. So again, that is something where it does start making a bit more sense in my walk with God. I'm really grateful for that chapter. Katya, Fred and I have that statement both outlined. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were, that totally related to us. Oh. And is, I think it is true that God, as we grow in maturity, God gives us some leeway in terms of what, what grace, in terms of how we want to handle things. And it's not like he's telling us, put your left foot in front of your right and your right foot in front of your left. And, but it does sometimes make for, puts the pressure on because we're, we want to make the right decisions. So anyway, yeah. this is great, Katya. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let us go on to Utah. Beside others, the greatest was for me loneliness. That when God entrusts me like a piece of heaven, a piece of himself or revelation, that he wants me to carry, that it's absolutely normal that I only can carry it in the secret place, where in the where in a separate place where he draws me. And others, I was so suffering from that I don't. Others don't see it. Others don't understand it. And I, to understand this part when he that everybody he entrusts trusts this peace, but this loneliness is absolutely normal. It sets me so much free. That because that that because he is with me in this loneliness, but I don't have to feel strange about it. It's just normal. That's for me amazing. Yeah, amen. That's so good. Thank you, Utah. Okay, we can we have time for uh, for two or three more people. Give their comments. The righteous are as bold as a lion. Okay. I think the whole issue of self-sacrifice has been a really big one for me. To be a sacrificial laying down my life to the point where I'm not a doormat and it doesn't become really unhealthy. And how to balance all these other needs and all these other demands and everything else and still find space, time with Jesus and to be healthy myself and not feel guilty. If I actually have some time out, do some things that, in what I spoke about on the Shabbat, actually the recreation time in the presence of God in creation, in the beauty of his creation to really rebalance. And I've had many leaders come to me over the time and they're just burnt out, worn out, devastated. 
And I think that whole balance of life is one I'm really wanting to learn. Yeah, amen. Amen. That's great. Thank you, Hillary. Sheree, need to unmute yourself? Yeah. Yeah, I think as I was like reading the fatigue, I think it's true. There's many times where you feel fatigued. And yet, I think one thing that stood out to me a little bit, and I had read all the chapters, but just thought I'll read to catch in because I've jumped in late. But just the, the sense of there is a space where there's times where we've just got to push through and we know and we get tired. But a little bit like what Hillary was just saying, there's balance. And I feel like for me, God just has to keep bringing me back to his burden is easy and his the Matthew 11 I, I know you're all right. familiar with the scripture his burden is light and easy and just how to bring balance from that so I find for me if I'm in that place of fatigue that I can't get out of that I'm just like this is overwhelming fatigue I have to come back to that space is God what have I picked up that you're not actually asking me to pick up maybe it's just I'm afraid of what people are thinking of me and if I don't pick it up or the other thing I feel like it's one of the other or I am doing all that you've asked me to do, but I've stopped trusting you fully in that space. And I'm trying to do it on my own without you and without leaning into that supernatural grace, because if we're doing what he called us to do, we can't do it by ourselves. We have to be trusting him. We have to be leaning into his supernatural grace that that carries us through in those spaces. Not that I think it's wrong that we get fatigued. I think that's part of life and we're going to walk into that but I feel like when it becomes weighty beyond what we feel like we're in that space I know for me it's oh okay god I need to reset back to that scripture <laughs> what is it that I picked up what is it I'm not trusting you wholeheartedly in and I think otherwise we do get to that place of burnout yeah that's great great comments Sheree yes thank you so much all right Miss Molly Thank you, Dr. Fred, and I repent. I have not read all the chapters. I've only read chapter 13, so I'm going to just tell from that. It was, I'm reading this after the Lord had me do the communion service yesterday at our church, and I had to bring the book, The Moravian Miracle, and I was just so amazed while reading this that leaders should always cut a channel between reading and speaking and writing so that others derive benefit, pleasure, and inspiration. And that, that it would have, it would result in, it would be more ministers should try to lead in this way, guiding the church towards intelligent reading and larger, more committed, more resilient faith. So I was challenged that sometimes you wonder why God gives you a message, but I'm just seeing that the relevance of God releasing a revelation on the earth and a book that encapsulates that truth, which becomes a key which needs to be conveyed to the congregation, to the people of influence that God gives us so that they also carry that, that key that God has released for the time, the Issachar time, that deeply weighs on me in that sense that right now, and when as, uh, Dr. Sue, you have said so wonderfully in that book, Unleashed, about influencing the church, the now church, with the thing that God is doing now on the earth. And so there's a revelation for the now that we read as leaders uh, through the books, and that is 
is actually communicated. So the whole church is grasping that heart of the father or the heart that God has right now for the earth to receive that, that influence of prayer, of watchfulness, of releasing revival. So I really felt that what I read matters, what I carry matters, and what I share matters. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That's well said. Yeah, it's part, well said. It's part of the. It's part of as it's part of our responsibility as watchmen and as leaders to communicate to others what it is that the Lord is saying. What is that that now word? And to do it with integrity and to do it with um, really wisdom. And so you get. It's, it's a great point, Molly. Thank you so much. All right, let us go to Miss Jenny. Following on from Molly, I think the chapter on reading is really important for watchmen. Watchmen need to be informed. And whatever area you are watching, if you're watching, if you're called as a watchman over China, you need to be reading and learning as much as you can about China or whatever nation God is calling you to. This is the role of a watchman. And that's why at Australian House of Prayer over 30 years. We've built a library. I think we've got 12,000 books. We've given probably that amount away, but we've got resource on every nation. We So just part of our being prepared for the days that are coming, we've got maps in the prayer room so that we can pray over maps. So this, I partly got this revelation. George Otis Jr. years ago wrote a book, Informed Intercession, and really stressing the importance of us to be informed. Lazy watchmen do not do this, but true watchmen take, it's a sacrifice, but true watchmen take the time to, to learn under the grace of God, under the anointing of the Father, the things that he wants to show us so that we know how to be watchmen. Then we can discern the shift that is going on in the spiritual atmosphere. So even reading newspapers, those that might have feature articles on a nation and time and again as a watchman, I have asked the Lord for information and a week later, a newspaper will do a whole special article on it for me. Thank you, Father. So that chapter on reading, I think, is that every chapter is a highlight in this book, but I would be upset if people were missing the importance of the reading one of being informed because watchmen are called to be informed. Thanks, Fred. A Amen, Jenny. <clears throat> just so that Susan and I just a couple hours ago were talking about the important one of the things at Heron Hut that's going to be important that we need to emphasize is that very aspect is people being informed and being well informed. And as, as everybody knows, the whole idea of what information we absorb and what is truth and what is what is spin or misinformation or disinformation. This is becoming more and more important as the time goes on being able to discern that. So it's not only being informed, but it's actually being, it's actually discerning what the sources are that you're being informed about. And this is, this is going to be a very important task for us because we need to be informed. We can't just pray blindly or we can, but it's not going to be, it's not going to be nearly as effective. Yep. Thank you so much. Really good. Okay. Hillary. Just a very brief comment. 
in Isaiah 56, it talks about, I'm just going to get it up on my phone here. His watchmen, verse 10, are blind. They're all ignorant. They're all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. And the greedy stuff, the shepherds that don't understand. I just want to say thank you. And one of the things I so appreciate out of the many things with this watch is how you do give us information and up-to-date revelation that we really can pray with understanding and i just wanted to say i just so deeply appreciate it thank you and i think one of the things that a burden in me is that we call forth those that are asleep and that actually not wanting to face the realities or fear bound to come alive to come awake and to become part of the bride amen What's the, are there specific verses in Isaiah 56 that you want to? Yeah, they were Isaiah 56, verse 10 and 11. 10 and 11? Okay, that's great, Hillary. Thank you. All right, Susan, we are, we're at 20 after. I think it's time to just talk about the breakout sessions and have people go into breakout and, and, and so that everybody has an opportunity to speak more. Do you have some comments? Because I've got some. No, I think you should jump right into it. But I'd also like to see on the chat any books that you guys have read that you feel are really pertinent and important to read. Oh, that's great. Yep, that's great. And you do that in the chat, right? You can do it in the chat or on Signal too. We can start sharing some of that information. But this book in particular, for everybody coming to HearNet, I would strongly recommend reading it because it's preparing us for what's going to emerge out of that yeah and no matter where you're at with leadership you can always learn something you can always grow little nuggets that you can get and improve yourself so i am going to put in the chat from the book the seven areas of the cost of leadership which are so i'm just there's comments i picked out quotes from different areas, not all of them, but there's a few that I just think are really important. And then we'll go into the questions. At the beginning of the cost of leadership, it says this, to aspire to leadership in God's kingdom requires us to be willing to pay a price higher than others are willing to pay. The toll of true leadership is heavy and the more effective the leadership, the greater the cost. And I think we all know that, but it's just important to to really just understand that we are going to be you're going to walk in the leadership that God's called you to walk. You're going to be, there's, there is a price that you have to pay. And that's what this chapter it was all about. So under self-sacrifice, I just had this, which is from Mark 10, 44 to 45. Whoever wants to be first must be a slave to all. For even the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. To me, this is just a reminder that Leadership is all about service and about serving others. It's not about lording over others, which is just so important. Didn't have any, I think the thing about loneliness really speaks for itself. The next one is fatigue. And Katya already said this, I think, about fatigue. The spirit of the welfare state does not, no, actually Katya wasn't talking about fatigue. There was another quote, but we several people were talking about fatigue. The spirit of the welfare state does not produce leaders. If a Christian is not willing to rise early and work late to expend greater effort in diligent study and faithful work, that person will not change a generation. I thought that was a really great quote because we want to be world changers. I think that's a, the people who know their God will be strong and will do great exploits. 
but you don't do it without, there's a certain amount of work that's involved. Fatigue is the price of leadership. Mediocrity is the result of never getting tired. So this was particularly enjoyable for Sue to read this because she doesn't want to be mediocre. And so her being tired is just confirmation that she's not. So it's great. Criticism, I think, speaks for itself. Rejection speaks for itself. Pressure and perplexity. I'm just going to read this quote again. Katya already read it, but I think it's important that we understand this. We naively think that the more we grow as Christians, the easier it will be to discern the will of God. But the opposite is often the case. God treats the mature leader as a mature adult, leaving more and more to his or her spiritual discernment and giving fewer bits of tangible guidance than in earlier years. The resulting perplexity adds inevitability to a leader's pressure. And I, this isn't a bad thing. It's just something that is. And it's just so important that we understand this because most of us are walking in a fairly, I would say, fairly large degree of maturity in our walk with the Lord right now. So very important. Cost to others, there was a good quote, but it didn't seem to pertain to cost to others. So I'm just going to leave it there. What we're going to do is we're going to have these breakout session questions. I'll put them into the chat right now. <clears throat> so here's the questions. Which of the seven areas of the cost of leadership is the biggest area of struggle for you? And then what can you do to break through or overcome it? With that, we can just go into the breakout session, Sue, and let's take 20 minutes. You know, yeah, let's, we'll take 20 minutes so yeah. that we have plenty of time to go through this because this is so important that everybody, first of all, understands that they are, they're walking in some degree of leadership and that, that they need to, that we're doing this together and that there's hope for improvement. And this is what it's all about. This is what learning and discipleship is all about. So go ahead press into the all right, here you go. Cyberspace, happy landing. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Are you all here? Yes, it was so good that we had a little bit more time, Sue, in the small groups. It's, yeah. it's always frustrating when we don't have enough time. So it was great. And our group was amazing, of course. I'm sure your groups were too. How many groups do we have, Sue? Seven. Seven, okay. Your group one. Okay, so here we go. Group one, boy, there were a number of different things. There was the perplexity and pressure issue that several of us had, not wanting to get things wrong. And sometimes it causes us not to make decisions when we need to make decisions. There's a whole issue of loneliness as well for some people. And, uh, and the whole the solution to that, of course, is understanding that God's with you, even when you're feeling like you're alone. The issue of, of unity actually was an issue that came up that is, wasn't exactly one of the seven things, but it's very important that the leader needs to have the father's heart in a situation when there's disunity. Psalm 133, and the leader needs to have the wisdom to be able to speak the words that will break through the strife. And of course, coming into his presence in worship is one way that we can have unity because when we come into agreement with the Lord, um, then we can come into agreement with each other. So that was really important. Just the whole issue as well of that conflict and opposition produces fatigue. And, and sometimes there's an issue of trust there. So those were the main themes that we talked about. It was a great discussion.
So that is group one. Let us go to group two. Spokesperson, you want to unmute yourself and give us your, the highlights? Yes, thank you, Dr. Fred. Yeah, we were in room two with just a few of us. Again, we discussed about fatigue and Shoshana had some very good points about a good shepherd should have good shepherd their own life and steward that well so that you keep that strength and wisdom and good and learn to have that to look after one's own body one's own one's own well-being so that then you can be a good leader to extend that she's and also having not striving to please that becomes an issue and that can be wearing weary and discerning about one's identity and uh, be secure in one's identity so that when criticism and other things come, they don't wear you down. They don't pull you down, deep down who you are so that that's taken care of. Dahlia said about self-sacrifice, sometimes times and sacrificing family time and things like that to do God's work, to prioritize. And that becomes, that has come as an issue and how to overcome that. And like you perceived, I felt the pressure of Pressure and perplexity has been an issue for me. And um, to meet the expectation of others is sometimes so demanding. And to from performance to real heartfelt burden to do what is right before God and to bring others and the frustration of not being able, not everyone responds to the same passion that you have, which is very <laughs> confounding at times. And the other thing about criticism that we felt, criticism comes and Moses, he had to learn to stand in the gap with the compassion and heart of the father. And I really felt that when I have faced criticism is to discern healthy criticism is good because it will build uh, and uh, like iron sharpens iron. The, so the motive of the criticism is sometimes to be discerned. What is the motive of that thought? And yesterday while speaking about this, really God highlighted John 13, 34 and 36, where everything must flow from the love of God, whether it is criticism, whether it's any area of leadership, that the center of it becomes the love of God, as Jesus said, love one another. And when we look at one another and build one another and look at the body of Christ in that love, we will become disciples and we will become better leaders. Thank you. Yeah. Amen. That's so good, Molly. And I think that everything that we say and do has to be shrouded in love. And so when we, if we have a criticism for somebody else, I think that the, the, I'm in such a life-giving way that they don't even feel criticized that they, that it's, this is something that is, a, to me, it's a discipline. It's a daily discipline to, to help, to be like God, because when God corrects us, it draws us closer to him. It's not condemning. And we know that it's the enemy when there's condemnation because there's therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So as watchmen, this is so key because this is, this is a very helpful thing for conflict resolution, among other things. So thank you. That's great, great points in group two. All right, let us go to group three. Spokesperson, you want to unmute yourself? Yeah, I think that's me. <laughs> Actually, a lot of what we've already covered were the things that we were also talking about. Just even I think with the fatigue, a couple of times people were like defining the difference between just being fatigued and then moving into burnout and just the importance of not going there. And then the challenging when you maybe feel like you you step out into something and God, you turns you and how to position your hearts. I think everything kept coming back to love and joy and positioning our hearts in the whole thing of positioning our hearts 
we also talked a bit about the fear of man and just, yeah, the pressure of other people and their expectations over with the continual question, self-sacrifice to the Lord, am I willing to lay down my life for others? Like it's the question of the day every day. And, but at the end, just recognizing that all the challenges, they lead us back to a place of being closer to God and able to stand alone with him. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. So good. Thank you. Great wisdom there. All right. Let us go on to four spokesperson. I've been asked to speak for group four. Great. Yes. This time, actually. I think Father God has been training each one of us to be watchmen, to be watchmen for our family, for our community, for our nation. And each one of us have gone through those seven key points, actually. And depending on your phase of life that you are in at this moment, you have gone through it because it's training. And, and there is one area which I was saying that is not included is on your health, on our health. And she has not been feeling very well. That why is it should be included that physical health when you are down, when you are not feeling well, you want to do the word of God, but you can't. And there must be a reason for it. There must there is always a, a reason at that point where you are now, whether you're going through a hard time, a good time. And going through that, you we, we all learn and we all as certain of often use that word lock shields are the strength that each one of us bring into, into this area of watchmen, okay, that we can encourage each other. And through that, we are, each one of us learn how to stand firm and to pray. And the prayer that we, which you all know, that will always will be answered one day, maybe not now, it will be. And, and to stand strong and to stand together, all right, together we will in the fight with God leading us. Thank you. That's all. Amen. That's so great, Lena. Encouraging each other is so important. That's why Christianity is not a solo sport. It's, we weren't meant to be solo. We are we're meant to be in community and together. And part of the, it's one of my favorite verses, Hebrews 10, 24, spur one another on towards love and good deeds. We are constantly called to do that because to think about it, there was never anybody who said to you, please don't encourage me anymore. I've had too much today. I can't take it anymore. You know, usually it's, we're starving. Give me a word. Give me some encouragement. Give me something that will help me through the day. And uh, this is just absolutely key to everything that we're doing. Thank you so much. It's great, great comments. Let us go on to group five spokesperson. I think that was us. I think we were five. The Points that I think our group were mostly relating to included the cost, loneliness, effort, criticism and rejection. But the ones that we spoke most about were, were the criticism and the rejection and the stresses. And about somebody was talking about how people try to pull you down. This person was talking about feeling like being like an eagle above chickens because what they could see was just so different to what other people could see and how that felt. Then we're talking about how to deal with the criticisms and the points were humility, being humble, recognizing our worth in Christ, which I think people have already talked about, and having a peace that we're actually in God's calling in those situations. We talked about also another thing with regard to the stress was just to stop and recognize in the midst of the chaos the truth of Christ's presence and love and to focus on that and how that made a really big difference 
in that person's life as they did that in the midst of the stress. A lot of the situations we're talking about were micro-leadership within family situations and within just situations, everyday situations, and just dealing with these things in a godly way. But it was really good and focused, just focusing on Christ. And as I was listening to the group, I've been reading through Sue's book, Watchman Calling, and it just related to her chapter on Daniel where it talked about when under attack. It's just wise to keep your mouth shut and wait for the wisdom of God and all of these things just fed into, yeah, just the dealing with these things in our life. It was worthwhile discussion anyway, very worthwhile. That's great. And those are challenges that you're talking about that we all deal with. And it's important to encourage each other. To, none of us deal with it perfectly. And sometimes it's very easy to just say, oh boy, I really blew it that time. I just, I said the wrong thing. I did the wrong thing. And God knows we just, this is where the humility comes in. We need to ask forgiveness. <clears throat> we need to forgive ourselves, ask forgiveness of others and, and go on and learn from it and, uh, and do, you know, do it better the next time. And God certainly understands our weaknesses. It's just a question of whether we can understand our weaknesses. <laughs> Which sometimes oh, that's where humility comes in. I love what he says. When criticism comes, humility goes on trial. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good statement. It's a great statement. Yes, thank you so much, Susan. All right, let us go to group six spokesperson. I'll be speaking, Fred. Lynn took, Lynn Ferguson took great notes and she put them in the signal. I'm pulling up from the signal here. I think what was significant, Ray started us out with saying that sovereignty of God and his original calling, not dependent upon man, overlooked by man or rejection. So we release our calling is not depend on man, but him. And he expressed real honestly the struggling right now to feel not being feeling overlooked and asking really honest questions of God. Am I really trusting you or I trust in a man or myself to be my leader today? And on top of that, I think for the most part in it was the idea of pressure and perplexity and what to let go of and not have to keep carrying on everything and putting weight on our shoulders and let some things go. I felt that everybody was really honest about that tonight. And another person spoke, Gail spoke, when you're in leadership in a big organization and you're not the top leader, but yet people are dependent upon you to be a part of that leader. So how do you flex enough to be a companion person to everybody and to be heard and focus is a challenge. And so that was some very sincerity on her part to how to, how to connect with all the rest of the people. And I think also the issue is that good leaders sometimes can be very visionary and have a lot of dreams, but nobody really seems though, see those. So we have to trust and rest in the Lord to get those things done that we see believe need to be done, but we have to trust in him to get it done. So that's for the most part. Us. Boy, that's great stuff. That would the things that you were discussing would that would be a whole hour in and of itself. Uh, so important. Thank you, Bob. All right, let us go to group seven spokesperson. Yeah, it's me, Wendy. Yeah, we talked about a number of things. One of us was just feeling very fatigued and experiencing the loneliness and criticism and pressure, and really seeing that leadership is also for maturity. And so that's one of the outcomes that comes through this. The other one was talking about costs of others and wanting to say yes to God and to be ready to go. And yet family and friends that might want to hold you back. And so how to build an altar in your family, how to have childlike trust as God is the keeper of your family, 
to leave your family and bless them and also let your family and friends be free. The other one of the others was just talking about loneliness and loneliness with a twist. So that was when you would love to have others join you in your vision. So you're trying to vision cast and share the vision. And there's many around you that could be involved in taking the vision further, but they don't pick it up. And so you feel this godly sorrow nearly. And in that, you feel some loneliness. And one shared that she has asked, oh, Father, just bring revelation of this vision to others. And so really asking God to intervene and to have those others join in, just experiencing a little bit of that loneliness when you see, oh, it would be so great if others would come. So just how do we pray and ask God to intervene as he does? And I think, yeah, I think that might be pretty well it. Thank you. Yeah, that's great, Wendy. That, that is a difficult thing when you're trying to share vision and people don't, either don't receive it or they don't understand it. And that's a whole area of, that's a whole area of leadership in and of itself. Great comments. Thank you so much. Sue, I'd just like to pray a blessing over people as we close here. And then you can, you can give us your announcements and then we'll have somebody close off in prayer. I just want to declare Matthew 11, 28 to 30 over everybody right now. So just be in the posture of receiving. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So, Father, right now, we just break off for everybody on the call here. We just break off every burden or every yoke that is not of you. We just break it off in Jesus' name. And we say, Lord, let there just be rest in everybody who's struggling with fatigue, who's struggling with health issues, who's struggling with any kind of discouragement or disappointment in any way. And we just say, Lord, let them come into the shalom of God, the peace and the rest of God. And we also just declare Romans 15, 13, that each person on this call would have joy and peace in believing and that you would abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. All right, Susan, back to you with this message. Thank you guys for all the comments. It's, it's really encouraging to hear everybody's take on this. And we're finding common ground. I think Dr. Oswald Sanders, he really, he nailed it. We have a call tomorrow at tomorrow morning for us here on the Western Hemisphere at 3 p.m. Jerusalem time is the International Watchman call. It's a follow-up to last Friday's Israel-USA watch call. Rick Ridings is going to be with us. I just wanted to alert you. We, I did send out an email. There is a convergence that this is a year of convergence like I've not witnessed for a while, but the Hajj starts this week. That's the high holy days of Islam where people are must make a journey to Mecca <laughs> once in their lifetime. That's happening right now or this week. We are going into Biden's trip to Israel. The 13th to 16th starts the Straits of Tammuz. Uh, which is a three-week period when the walls of Jerusalem were breached and the temple destroyed is the 9th of Av, which is August 6th. Now, we, we the Hernet meeting is right in the middle or at the end of this Straits of Tammuz. Who knows what's going to happen? But I'd encourage us all to be on the alert. And there we're 
mobilizing a strategy with Rick and we'll be releasing that tomorrow. We're going to try to get on the front end of this thing that we see coming. Anyway, that's tomorrow or later in the afternoon, 3 p.m. for you <laughs> early birds right now. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Manvir. Great. I just so thankful for this group. So thankful for this session. We're just, we're learning and growing together as we need to, and we're going to all be the better for it. And uh, we just are declaring breakthrough over every person on the call. So thank you, Lord. Petra, would you, if you're available, would you like to unmute yourself and close us off in prayer? Maybe not. Okay. Yes, yes I am. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> it just takes a while until I see that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Heavenly Father, I thank you so much that you have given us this time of prayer, of communion together, Lord Jesus. I thank you for everyone who was on the call and who joined later and also some people had to go earlier, Lord Jesus. Also, I want to include people who couldn't make it today because of other assignments, Lord, and I just pray that you will be with us throughout the night and throughout the day. Lord, thank you that we can fully trust you and that we can praise you during our sleep, but now also during our days, Lord Jesus. We ask you that you will guide us, that you will go with us, and we love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And all God's people said, Amen. Everybody unmute yourself. Wave to each other. God bless you. Thank you, Jesus.